You're listening to 2, 5, and 10, your source for bullshit-free NHL news, analysis, and insights. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Naughton and Ben Stewart. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 78 of I'm excited. There's a lot of stuff that has happened over this past week in the NHL. We're going to get to it. Benny, what up? How's it going? I mean, to gloss over uh, this episode's sponsor, courtesy of the Home Depot. We can get to that later. Um, <laughs> there are so many channels and issues that I have dealt with with them today that I am like... Yeah, you can hear it in my voice. I am full of piss and vinegar with those fucking people. And it is like above and beyond Call of Duty. Like legitimately fucking insanity to just get somebody who knows what they're talking about or before the other person pushes you off to somebody else. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, we'll get into that, I guess, during our shout outs and anger therapy session at the end. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, this. Last, what, 10 days, 12 days, a lot of movement going on. The NHL announced their Phase 4 return. Uh, they released exhibition schedules. They released uh, the schedule for the qualifying round and the round-robin tournament. Uh, they chose their two hub cities. They ratified a CBA extension. So for the first time, I think, in our lifetimes, there will be no work stoppage or lockout. Uh, at the expiration of a CBA in NHL. And who would have thought that the NHL would be the most put-together and best-run league out of uh, the four major pro-American sports? They're, uh, they're not one of the I, four sports, according to Max Kellerman, but that's different. Max Kellerman can suck my nut. Yeah! Um, yeah, then we got the rules for the hub cities. Uh, some players opted out before the 72-hour deadline expired for players to decide to if they wanted to opt out of the return-to-play format. So, yeah, a lot of stuff going on the last 10 to 12, uh, 12 days, and we'll try and kind of recap all that for you. All right. Well, you are our numbers guy, our logistics guy. You're kind of everything here. So I'm going <laughs> to let you take away the uh, two hub cities, Edmonton, Toronto, the rules within the bubble, the whole nine that they have laid out in front of us. Yeah, so the NHL confirmed Toronto and Edmonton are their hosts and hub cities. Uh, we kind of were talking about that in the last episode with the guys about um, if they were going to stick with Vegas or not. Uh, everybody thought it was going to be Vegas and one other city, but the spike in Nevada kind of spiked, pun intended, uh, that set up. So they went with Toronto and Edmonton. The only thing that was a mild surprise was they chose an Eastern Conference city and a Western Conference city, which wasn't a surprise, but that they didn't switch the conferences for where, what city they were playing in. So uh, Edmonton will be playing in Edmonton, at least for the qualifying round, and the same for Toronto uh, in the qualifying round for them. So, I mean, there's no fans in the stands or anything like that, but I'm sure 
any edge in this type of setup and after pretty much a work stoppage uh, might be beneficial. So guys just feeling comfortable not having to go on a road, that might be helpful for Edmonton and Toronto. Uh, but really what I wanted to get into was the the protocols for the hub cities. And I know this is very dry material uh, for some people, but I felt like this was an important baseline in case one of your favorite teams has a player to test positive or how, if you're curious about how your team is going to be able to stay safe and uh, the NHL is going to be able to finish this entire playoff tournament without a hitch. Uh, so the first part is the testing and positive test handling. I'm pulling this directly from the NHL, uh, their announcement. Any player or member of a team's traveling party who develops symptoms should immediately self-quarantine and contact a team doctor. Uh, they will be evaluated by doctors, and then they will do contact tracing. So anybody that player or traveling team member Anybody they've come in contact with for the previous 14 days, they will also have to self-quarantine. And then if they come in contact with someone who has COVID-19, they obviously have to take a test and quarantine away from everybody else in the bubble. Uh, If anyone in phase four, which is the phase we're in now, tests positive for COVID-19 and they're medically stable, he or she will be taken to a secure location designated by the NHL's event medical director and refrain from contacting others. Uh, if they are asymptomatic and test positive, they will stay in their hotel room, but they won't be able to leave. The NHL has a setup where they'll get uh, food delivered, they'll get uh, medical support, but they'll have to stay in a room. Um, and the other thing that I thought was interesting was a cardiologist and the team doctor must declare a player fit to play before returning to game action. Uh, so really, it's kind of if such a quick turnaround. We have exhibition games starting but in 11 days, uh, August 1st, which is in 16 days, is when the qualifying round begins. If there's a player that tests positive tomorrow, they're not going to be able to play in any of the exhibition games. They're going to be missing practices, and they might miss the first game or two of the qualifying round. Um, and if that's a goaltender or Connor McDavid or Sidney Crosby, something like that, that kind of tanks or puts a significant blow into that team's chances. I find it very interesting here that they're also going cardiologist for player health. So they want to make sure that everybody's getting back to a certain baseline and kudos to the NHL for that. I mean, these guys are hockey players playing for a Stanley cup here. You know, they're just going to say, yep, I'm good doc. So uh, I think it's good that they are bringing in some sort of outside thing just to make sure. I mean, We've seen COVID, and I know this is the wear your mask and this, that age, but the damage that it does to people internally, it goes after severe organs. So I do like the NHL's uh, response here for these guys. Yeah, and in terms of the bubble itself, the secure zone, so nobody out there should be thinking that these guys are stuck in their hotel room for like the next two months. They, the NHL has worked extensively with the cities of Edmonton and Toronto, the Canadian government to kind of set up a almost like an Olympic village type uh, bubble for these guys. Uh, but now that they're in phase four, the rules say that it's expected that all participants staying at a secure zone hotel, will remain on site at all times. The only times that anybody can leave these bubbles is if they are receiving medical assessment or care. 
or retrieving medical supplies such as prescriptions. They need to consult with or be examined by a doctor of their choice, or they are there are ex extenuating circumstances like the birth of a child, a family illness, or a death, or an important family event. Uh, in certain circumstances at the discretion of the NHL event medical director, an individual returning may also be subject to testing and a period of quarantine of up to 14 days, depending on an individual's activities. So again, there's going to be no players leaving. And that's kind of the sacrifice that some of these guys made. Cause I know, I think there's a handful of guys whose wives are pregnant and in late in their pregnancy. So if, they might miss their kid's birth because if they leave and as soon as they come back, their, their season's basically over with. They might as well not even bother coming back to the bubble. Um, so I know that kind of weighed on a lot of guys' mind. I'm not going to go through all the other security zone safety precautions. I mean, it, at this point, it's beat into everybody's head. Physical distance of six feet, mass, you know, all that stuff. Um, for the hotel, now here's the part where it starts getting into like the player's mindset. Each person gets his or her own hotel room. Each club will be assigned a, a designated floor. So there's going to be no teams, two teams, three teams staying on the same floor of any of these hotels. The hotel lobby and bars will be open and available as long as there's physical distancing. Uh, and the hotel spa, steam room, and sauna will be closed. So as far as I know... I don't know if the arena, like sauna and saunas or spas, whatever, like the ice baths are going to be open for these guys. Um, nothing in here is specified in terms of the arena itself. Um, but yeah, so the other thing that they talk about is the penalties for noncompliance. Anyone leaving a secure zone without permission may be subject to consequences up to and including removal from phase four strict quarantines of 10 to 14 days, as well as enhanced testing and monitoring, monitoring upon return. Uh, established violations of the rules will result in, for clubs, significant penalties, including fines and a loss of first-round draft choices. And for NHL staff, the potential dismissal from the secure zone and removal from jobs. So the NHL is taking this very seriously. And if you're a player that leaves or in the case of an NBA player leaves to go get a DoorDash order, you can cost your team a first round pick. So not, not a good look on your part, but everything else is kind of, we've been reading it in the news, the distancing, the mask, uh, keeping your distance on the ice uh, when you're not playing a game or a scrimmage or exhibition game, uh, wash your hands, use uh, disinfectant, all that stuff. So it seems pretty standard. I can't imagine any of these players breaking the bubble and just sacrificing their team. Like if you were on my team, dude, and we made it out of the qualifying round and then you left and then came back and your season was basically over. I wouldn't want to play with you ever again, like ever, even after all this is over. Cause your selfishness is like off the charts. I wonder if teams can just buy guys out like at the end of a season it when this thing finally ends if someone ends up costing you a first round pick and you're just like yeah no your time here is has come like we're just officially we're parting ways that this isn't working for us in other news though i mean like the nhl in general does a very good job when 
teams are on the road. Like when teams yeah. are on the road in the NHL, they're taken care of. They have those ballrooms that they rent out as player lounges anyways. I feel like catering is always the same thing. They always have something rented out. These teams here, like the NHL rented out, at least in Toronto, two separate hotels, complete hotels. So all these teams can be there. They split the teams amongst hotels. I love it. Everyone's there. Now you had the chance to opt out. You had this chance. Now it's about accountability. It's like you said, like if you broke this bubble and, you know, I'm away from my family too, pal. This isn't just about you. And we're here for a bigger purpose. So once as that comes into play and if someone is just that blatant and disrespectful, why'd you come? You had the chance to opt out. The NHL gave everybody a chance. You didn't even have to cite medical purposes. You could just say, I did not want to play in this, and your team had to abide by it as long as you gave it to them before training camp started in a written document. That's all you had to do. So if you're here now... I said only six guys opted out, though. I'm, I'm actually very surprised. And the other thing is, every one of these guys that opted out, they actually had legitimate reasons. This was not an NBA Kyrie Irving, I'm going to start my own league. This was, there's issues at home. My children have, you know, low immune systems, things like that. So to me, it it seemed as though everybody was doing it for the right reasons. Speaking of the NBA, those guys are already getting in trouble over there. I find that pretty funny that uh, the bubble is not working for them. I don't think the NHL will have those same issues. But Yeah, I mean, I can't get into some of the... The mentality behind that, but that might get us into some trouble. Yeah, no, we won't, we won't talk about that. But the six, yeah, the six players that did opt out were Travis uh, Hamanek, Mike of the Calgary Flames, Mike Green of the Edmonton Oilers, Roman Polak of the Dallas Stars, Stephen Camper, your boy, uh, Carl uh, Alsner, and Sven uh, Barsky. Now, the issue is for Montreal, Max Domi, they agreed to give him an additional 10 days to decide if he's going to come back or not. Uh, the reason he's an at-risk, he has what? I forget what type he has, it, diabetes. Type right? 1 diabetes, yep. And type he was diagnosed very so, young. Yep. Yeah, so I think it's kind of not that he's needing 10 days to decide if he wants to come back. I think he's waiting 10 days so everybody comes back as a group and then everybody gets tested to make sure they're clean and then he'll come in. And if that's the case... Is that what's gonna? Is that what is going to happen when they move into these bubbles? Like, is he gonna hang back Montreal for ten days, and then move to Toronto after everybody once they start joining this big group gets tested? And like, does he miss game one? Like, uh, does he decide not to go? I I honestly don't know. I mean, if. Montreal is believing that they have a chance in these playoffs. I mean, A, they need Carey Price there. B, they need Max Domi there. Like, that that's yeah. A1 and A2. But for Max Domi, that must be horrifying. He's a younger kid. The what-ifs, I mean, if God forbid something happens to him here, he's he's very prone to disease. And who knows with the diabetes what could happen. Um I'm yeah, very I mean, surprised he 
he's still debating on playing. I thought for sure he'd say no. I mean, it's any. That's the thing, man. Talking about the psychology, he probably part of him is saying like, common sense wise, like don't go. But these guys, like he, I don't think they can just walk away from the team like that. Like we have a shot. We're in the playoffs, even if it's a long shot. We battled all year long as a team, and I'm just going to decide, hey, guys, listen, I'm not going to go. Best of luck. Like, I don't know if that's how these guys operate. And it kind of works out time-wise. So most of these teams are going to be heading to their uh, Toronto and Edmonton on Sunday the 26th. So if you consider that day one when all the testing starts and everybody starts joining the hotels, and that's when it's probably the highest risk is when everybody joins together for the first day or two if the canadians give him seven more days that means august 1st which is uh when the first games are played but i don't think montreal plays that day i think they play august 2nd so they could still give him those seven days and he can still play game one if he wants to so his family probably doesn't want him to go but i think he's just the way he plays the style of play i think he shows up I think another crazy part of it too is so not only does he get there we thought the bubble was bad for everybody else can you imagine the seclusion that he's going to be going through like he's just going to completely he's locking it down like that's it don't don't come to my door uh like legit I just want the guy to drop the food off that's it I will go on the team bus I'll be masked up I will have my own little locker room away from everybody I'll get dressed in the trainer's office Leave me be. How weird would that be during an intermission, though? Like, you go back, if you if he does take that hypothetical and just isolates himself, even in a, a separate room, like, we play. Like, how weird would that be? Like, after a period, you're it's the Stanley Cup playoffs slash qualifying round, and then you leave the ice and just sit by yourself for 12 minutes, and then you get back up and go back to the ice for the next period. I don't know. I mean, just spitfiring with all the repercussions it could have for him. Do you think this could be the first player that we see on ice with a mask? I was just about to bring that up in terms of the NFL. Uh, the NFL announced today, and Major League Baseball announced today for the umpires that they worked with Oakley to come up with these new types uh, of face masks for the actual helmet. Like it, it, it's not a cloth mask that the players would have to wear. It's like built into the uh, face mask on a football player helmets and into the sh- uh, shields of the major league baseball umpires. Now the NHL does require like the visors. A lot of the guys bitch and complain about having to do that. Do you think these guys would be, I mean, they already agreed to the play. Uh, return to play standards, so I doubt that the NHL will just suddenly be able to spring this on a players' association. But do you think if the NHL went to the PA and was just like, "Hey, we also worked with Oakley. We came up with this design that would help prevent the spread or potential spread during gameplay because the faces would be covered and it would have this extra protection on a shield, but it's a full face shield." We know, guys who are going to be like, I'm not used to playing with that. It's a distraction. It gets in my line of sight. I'm not doing it. And then it's like, if 
75% of the guys in the United States are wearing it. Do the other 25% look selfish to the other guys? Like, I'm just, if, even without that, just a cloth mask, like you were saying, do you, would you wear one? I, dude, I honestly have no idea. Like, I have no clue. It's such strange times to try to, I, I wouldn't want to be a guy who's trying to make up his mind for somebody else. Like, I, I think everyone yeah. has to make their own decision here. But I think the other part of it is this is the NHL playoffs. Like, this is where scrums and fights and message sending happen. Like, could you imagine this year everyone's like, and I know we both got tested, we're both negative for COVID, but, you know, after the whistle, we're just going to go our separate ways. We're not going to get in each other's face. But I thought this was good the other day, too. I was talking to Kevin. He's like, what happens if Martian licks somebody here? Oh, dude, he's going to get suspended for a year. Oh, my God. Like, he might go to jail if he, if he does. Like, they'll just come out and arrest him. Like, I yeah. don't know what the fuck to expect right now. I still think there's going to be – it's the playoffs, especially the DP you go in. I mean, somebody intentionally might be lacking with the lack of a uh, home crowd for one of the teams. Um, but it's still going to be physical. Like the Rangers had a scrimmage today and Lindgren was out there laying dudes out at the blue line and uh, crunching them into the sideboard. So, and that's his own teammate. So there's still going to be physicality. I really, unless it's like an egregious hit, dude, I don't think there's going to be fighting at all. Like, I think there'll be some scrums, like some pushing and shoving, but it's almost out of reflex. And then they'll realize like, oh, like, fuck it. It's not worth it. And kind of like back off. It's it is gonna be something to watch just to see, like you said, the, the reactions of people from what it usually is to what it'll be. It's it's gonna be weird. Do you think they'll pump in crowd noise? Major League Baseball is gonna be pumping in crowd noise, and they've already started doing it in some of the scrimmages uh, this week. Would you rather just, if you're a player? I mean, these guys are used to, unless you're playing for the Panthers or Coyotes, you're just used to like. 13,000 plus like arena noise. And I know these guys are, have pretty much tunnel vision when they're out there, but would you rather just hear each other and the other team and like the echoes in an empty arena? Or would you rather have some fake noise pumped in? I more than anything, I would just want the music playing. Like I would want music in between whistles. If, if you're claiming that we're the home team, I'd like to hear our goal song. That's kind of it. I mean, the the crowd noise would be relevant in the sense of like, okay, throwing out there, yeah, like throwing out there, for example, Bruins Maple Leafs. I know it's not happening. I'm just saying, for example, the Bruins are the quote unquote home team, but all these games are playing in Toronto. The Bruins are up two nothing, and now magically you're having you know, let's go Leafs chance and shit like that, and it's like. Well, technically, the Bruins are the home team today. Why are we hearing Let's Go Leafs chant? So it's just like, I'd rather just leave it alone, play some music, and just stay away from the other fakeness of it. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, besides the momentum part, I would, it's almost kind of comforting of just hearing some music between whistles or uh, the organ player just playing some stuff between a whistle, just kind of keeping that flow going, because I think it would be more awkward of not hearing anything between whistles and scanning back to the bench and just like, it's almost like a 
training camp practice versus you're fighting for a puck in the corner and you don't have a fan banging the glass in front of your fucking face. Like, I think that would be more of a distraction for the guys with nothing between whistles. You're like, I really want a guy in that front row, though, just to hit the glass so his beer topples over. You're like, that's the only (laughs) thing I really want is that. Dude, the worst arena in the league, in my opinion, is uh, the caps with the banging of the glass. Every playoff series behind the uh, caps goal, it's the same spot for five years, and the Rangers played the caps in playoffs a bunch. So fucking aggravating. Um, Anyway, moving on to some other news that came out this week. Uh, The NHL, like I mentioned earlier, came out with a CBA extension, which is going to run through 2026-27. There's some interesting language in here about the financials, just because the NHL has no idea what revenue is going to look like for like the next two, three years, potentially. So it was kind of hard for them to write anything like concretely about rising salary caps or player escrow. So it's kind of left open and trust, don't worry, everybody. I'm not going to get into the numbers on that, but it's kind of left open of a, if A happens, then we do this. If B happens, then we do that. If C happens, then we do this. So it's a little bit more fluid than a normal CBA, but really the main takeaways from it are uh, there's a flat salary cap for next season, $81.5 million, the same salary cap as this past season. What's big about that is before this all happens, a lot of teams were expecting it to rise to as high as $88 million. Minimum, $84 million. So that's an extra 2 to $7 million of cap room gone. So if you're a team like the Rangers who have Hank's contracts on the books, if you want to try and buy out him or Mark Stahl, you have Shattenkirk's $6 million uh, buyout cap hit on the books next year. You have to pay Strom, D'Angelo, Lemieux, all these guys. Or if you're Toronto, uh, that's been well documented. Tampa Bay, you were banking on that increase. Now you don't have it. Um, and the CBA allows – that might stay the same for 20 20- Of it, there will be a 20% cap on escrow for next season. From there, escrow will scale down until, until it drops to just 6%. Uh, so that's a positive on the player side. Uh, the other big thing for me was they agreed that the NHL players can go back to Olympic competition pending negotiations with the IOC. If that goes through, the NHL players would participate in the 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing. We'll see if that actually occurs in Beijing with everything going on. Uh, between China and the West, and also the 2026 Winter Olympics in Milan, Italy. Uh, players will defer salary to account for the financial impact of COVID-19. That is TBT, uh, TBD on how much they have to defer. Some think it's going to be up to 10% of their salary is going to be deferred for next season. And the CBA extension accounts for la- salary cap loopholes. In short, contracts won't be as front-loaded, salary bonuses won't be greatly changed, and the big, big win for players. No trade clauses will be honored no matter if a player gets traded before that no trade clause gets kicked in. So if, for example, uh, I think it was Derek Stefan, he had a no trade clause that was about to kick in on July 1st, 2015 or 2016, and the Rangers traded him before that. 
now that no trade clause is voided, Arizona can trade him whenever he wants. That's not going to be the case starting next season. If a player gets dealt, then no trade clause, no movement clause follows along with him. I love the things that they've agreed to here. It, it has been a long time coming for both players and management to be on the same team. And for the biggest win, I'd say, is escrow. These yep. guys, the NHL players, not only are they the least paid out of the four professional sports, but when you go to the other part of it, too, of how high the escrow was, that between agent fees, state tax where you play, and escrow, you were basically making about half of what you were actually on the books for. Yep. So for these guys to actually have a set number, because before it wasn't set, that that would change constantly, the escrow. And there was never a guarantee if you were getting it back. Now that it is a set number, I think it now puts a lot more onus on the owners to, to make a good team and to put people in the seats and to make money here. Like, Florida's going to have a hell of a time here now that the escrow is capped. And yeah. it's it's great for other teams, though, and players that they don't have to carry that burden anymore. Like, you know, there's no reason why I'm playing with the Rangers, for example, and my escrow is so high. Like, we sell out MSG every night. What What's the issue? So I, I feel like on that part, it's great. The Olympics is huge. And yeah. One thing I wanted to bring up was, do you think the years of the Olympics, if they go, and I know a huge thing was they wanted big-time insurance on these guys just in case anything happens to them over there. They wanted the IOC to pay for it, and they should. If the IOC wants the best possible product they can have, they should pay for that. But with the way the schedule is currently, this gonna happen or knock 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 on wood hopefully it does happen and then we start the season in december and we go through next year we'll probably be a little bit later do you think that the year of the olympics if they can and they go that's their chance to kind of shorten the season as opposed to they would have guys you know go to the olympics there was an olympic break and they would come back and play do you think they kind of just cut that three weeks out of the season so now it gets back to some sort of a normal schedule as it was before COVID? Like, I wonder if that kind of affects the future there. I'm not too sure what they're going to do. And the trade clause, I'm with you. That's a big win for the players. Do you mean that they would uh, cut the number of games per season? Yes, just that Olympic year to get back to some sort of a normal schedule. As opposed, oh, I see what you mean. Like on the back end of it, so yes, like, it would end around the same time. Mm-hmm. <sighs> see, one, I think there's no chance in hell, Vince McMahon reference there, um, that the NHL owners give up money. Like you're already losing three weeks of the season for the Olympics, and then you're going to cut your season short. I. I can't see that happening unless they're, especially with the money they're going to be losing because of COVID this year and potentially next year. Like, I don't know if I see that. But also the flip side of it, and we'll get into this 
I guess we can get kind of get into it now. Uh, the way the season set up next year, we talked about this when I was in Boston with the guys. I think this is the calendar that the owners have wanted for years. Like we've been hearing rumors about this, about any CBA negotiation uh, since 2004, where they just wanted to start the season later. And unfortunately it's set up like this because of a pandemic. Like I'm sure the owners would rather give up starting later now and, and just keep everything the way it was. But I don't know if they care about ending it, the way it's been for like the last 20 years, 30 years. I think they're just very happy starting training camps in late October, preseason in November, start it at Thanksgiving, like maybe the Black Friday games is kicking it off and then go into it. I'm wondering, with all this being said, what way it finally does end up leaning towards but i will say this i think the nhl playing at this time of the year they're gonna blow baseball out of the water like like the ratings aren't even gonna be close not even a little bit and for a secondhand sport as some people proclaim it to be i think nhl reigns compared to baseball reigns aren't even gonna be close They're, they're gonna just completely blow baseball out of the water and I know how baseball is the quote-unquote the old man sport of the everyone's watching the older people so they get their views that way, but if the ratings come out, right, and the NHL dusts them, player salaries have to go up, no? Like, they, they got to be winning somewhere, right? Well, I mean, the CBA, because of COVID, the salary cap is tied to revenue, so I think if the league makes, I don't want to quote the wrong number here. I'm just going to throw out like a hypothetical. If they hit three billion this sal- next season, the salary cap increases to eighty-three million, I believe. And then if it goes to five, it's eighty-seven. So it kind of increases like that. It's tied to revenue, which is I feel like the it's more evenly split under this arrangement. Um, but I got to be honest, just for the short term. The way the NHL has kind of slid in under the radar in terms of there's been little to no controversy in regards to testing. There's been little to no controversy in regards to the bubble and hub cities set up. There's been little to no controversy in terms of labor negotiations like baseball just went through. You have a lot of people that are frustrated with Major League Baseball. And taking that frustration and then putting up a regular season game between the Miami Marlins and the New York Yankees in an empty stadium, or on NBC, you can watch game seven of the Eastern conference final between the Tampa Bay Lightning and Washington capitals. Like I think very much this summer and this fall, there's no competition between major league baseball and the national hockey league. Like everybody, even non-hockey fans, love the NHL playoffs. And now you're going to try and run up a empty stadium baseball game in the middle of the summer that nobody cares about in terms of just like the fan bases. After alienating a lot of your fans because of a contested labor dispute versus the, that same NHL playoff. Like I don't think for this summer 
I think it's NBA is going to be king because NBA is just like more popular in the United States now. And then it's going to be hockey and then baseball. And then once September and October rolls around, as long as they're able to pull it off without much of a hitch, you have football coming back. Baseball is screwed this year, man. I think the other part, too, at least for the NHL, in the sense of winning and fighting for ratings, the later that they start, the better, because they're not against football anymore. They won't have exactly. to battle that have that battle. And if they don't have to have that fight, like you said, if they start every day the day after Thanksgiving, they don't have to have the Thanksgiving battle. Like nope. Thanksgiving, football can own it on the Thursday. You start the Friday, Friday, Saturday, boom, take the Sunday off. or Like, uh, yeah, I think hockey maybe finally utilizing their marketing to a whole new level here. Yeah, so I guess it's a good segue to get into our last topic in terms of the important dates for the NHL starting this summer and moving into the end of next season. Um, so the first buyout period begins on the, later, on the ladder of September 25th or the beginning of the Stanley Cup Final. The last possible day for the conclusion of this year's Stanley Cup final will be October 2nd, which is usually when, usually when the season kicks off. Uh, the 2020 NHL draft will be held on October 6th. It's also noted that the draft must follow the conclusion of the Stanley Cup final and precede free agency. Free agency starts on the latter of October 9th or the conclusion of the Stanley Cup final plus seven days. There will no longer be an interview period with the free agent signing back to a noon start at the outset of free agency. Thank the Lord. Uh, training camp for the 2020-21 season is scheduled to start on November 17th. And the 2020-2021 regular season is scheduled to begin on December 1st, uh, which is a must, much faster turnaround for the start of camp to the beginning of the season. And these are all tentative dates. Uh, in addition... Uh, next year's Stanley Cup final is going to be what was it again in June or July? I, I sent this over to you in a text and I forget what it was. I forgot to jot, uh, jot it down, but it's basically training camp is in October of 2020, uh, 2021. Sorry, um, and then it just plays through. So I think that's going to be the new league uh, calendar, like just starting October. November, and then running through to the middle of the following summer, and that's just how the NHL is going to operate. Yeah, next uh, season the final would be September twentieth through October second. Yeah, I think I know summer hockey is going to be a lot of getting used to, and it's going to be a lot of adjusting on a fly for two reasons: one, the ice, obviously, but two, a lot of these arenas that host hockey teams and basketball teams they book summer events for additional revenue. Now all of a sudden you're going to have at least the NHL and probably the NBA playing throughout the summer. Now you have to reschedule those tour dates and the concerts and the trade shows and the conferences. So it's going to be a lot of a logistical nightmare. Um, the other thing I wanted to get into in terms of like the NHL important dates and the free agency and all that is that teams will no longer be allowed to add conditions to trades that change the compensation of the player traded signs an extension. So, for example, the Sharks 
agreed to send a second round pick to Ottawa in 2021 if they re-sign Eric Carlson, which they did, obviously. So last season, a team like the Stars uh, would have been more inclined to sign Matt Zuccarello if there weren't conditions attached. So that gives potential free agent Asian players more leverage as they head into free agency. So basically, the Rangers would have gotten a second round pick back from, no, a first round pick back from Dallas if they re-signed Zuccarello. Obviously, Dallas isn't going to give up a first round pick to re-sign Zuccarello. So that hurts Zook's negotiating power. So now the NHL, with this new CBA agreement, got rid of that. So that's another one for the players. Um, the other thing is the games in the playing around the qualifying rounds, their stats will not be included in the official regular season stats, but instead be counted as playoff stats. But during arbitration, both sides will be allowed to reference the unique nature of the games while comparing to previous years. So like they don't count as regular season stats, but all of a sudden now you can use them in arbitration. So I don't understand what the point is. Um, I know it's not regular season to consider it over, but then why are you allowing them to use it in arbitration cases? And the last thing, and this goes back to, and I wanted to highlight this when we are talking about the bubble situation. Um, players have the option, and this is starting from next season because the NHL dates, Players have the option to invite their spouse and companion and up to four immediate family members with airfare paid by the team to any NHL event, not including uh, games, obviously. So that includes NHL awards, fan events, everything else. The team of said players now on the hook for the player's airfare uh, in business class, as well as their spouse or companion and four family members. So that's an additional benefit for the players and more costs on these owners now. So. It's funny, though, too, like that's coming from organizations that are cheap, because when you hear like the top organizations like these guys get the private jet, like they'll send out everybody. So if there's a team like, for example, I'll I'll use the Bruins. Bruce Cassidy got elected today as a finalist for the Jack Edwards Award. I'm sure Edwards Award, huh? It, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I've been drinking. Um, so he became a finalist, and then I'm sure Bergeron will be a finalist for the Selkie. Yeah. The Bruins private jet them out there. Like, there's no business class know, flight or anything like that. Class is like, I don't know what's going on with that. <laughs> uh, well, you know, you want, you want to up the people. You're not getting first class anymore. You people sit in the back like everybody else. That's it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I know that last part was a little convoluted in terms of important dates. And then I jumped into trade stipulations and airfare and everything else. But, um, I just wanted to get that all out there. So those, those last two bits were interesting. Um, but yeah, so the NHL calendar, I think is, I think this is going to be permanent. And I think this is what the NHL owners have wanted all along. Uh, just because like I said in the last podcast, they consider the first three months of the season to just be like not revenue generators. So now that they're starting after those lost months are over, I think it's only going to help the game overall. Now if the NHL can just capitalize on that and market their guys better uh, for them. I mean, they do better in major league baseball, but please market the guys and not just the jerseys and the logos. That would be a tremendous help for getting people involved in your sport. Please please thank you 
I mean, just the fact that a lot of people would be able to tell you who Mike Trout is, but they couldn't tell you who Connor McDavid is, tells you everything. You know, you just well, even even an example like I think people know the name Mike Trout, but Mike Trout could walk, knock on someone's door, and he would be like, "Can I help you?" Like he's like the most vanilla best player in any sport ever. Um, but yeah, like Connor McDavid, I don't even think casual sports fans even know who that is. And that's like a tremendous sin for the sport to be able to have a guy like McDavid and nobody knows who he is. It's McJesus, the next coming. McJesus, yep. Um, and then I know I wanted to get into a little bit of NHL history. We haven't done that in the last couple episodes, but uh, we have two ones for the our boys. Um, in 1994, 31 days after coaching the New York Rangers to the first Stanley Cup championship in 54 years, Mike Keenan quits his job, saying in a news conference that he's leaving with four years remaining on his contract because of a breach of uh, contract. Two days later, he's named the coach and GM of the St. Louis Blues, and the NHL commissioner, Gary Bettman, settles the issue a few days later by approving a trade that sends Peter Nedved uh, to the Rangers for Essa Tikkanen and Doug Lister, allowing Keenan to save the Blues. And then in 2009, the league officially announces that, that the 2010 NHL Winter Classic will feature the Boston Bruins and Philadelphia Flyers at Fenway Park. I, may, I skated on that ice before they did. It was actually pretty cool. Was it quality ice? No, because it was before the NHL got in there. So it oh, was God. basically they put the rink up, they kind of just flooded it, so this was before all the logos and all the other stuff was on there. But so some some local amateur guys, huh? Yeah, but no, it was awesome. Big shout out to uh, LV went to high school with him. He works for the Red Sox, and once as he found out there was a family that skate. Oh yeah, he called. He's like, "Hey, you want to come skate?" He's like, "No questions asked. I'm there. <laughs> I'm there." Who do you got for shout outs this week? Um. I'm I'm just going right at fucking Home Depot. I was I was hoping it, you would. It is insane that I I understand they push out a lot of freight. There is a lot of stuff that comes out of their stores. We had just bought a new washer and dryer. Uh, on the thing they have the chalk up for delivery. Yeah, I need the delivery. I need the starter kit, so I need... Uh, I'm not going to use my old hoses for my old washer. I'm not going to use my old vent for my old dryer. Just normal shit. So they come, they deliver it. They're supposed to install. In these two fucking guys, anytime I asked, are you going to do this? Uh, we can't do that. So... I'm running my electricity because I'm moving the spot of my dryer. So I run all the electrical. I just haven't put the outlet in yet. Okay. But that has nothing to do with them putting the plug on the back of the dryer. That's what I pay them for. And they tell me, oh, I, I can't put the plug on um, without the outlet there. Like, Why? Oh, because uh, it's code. Who, who's fucking code like, like I'm the one putting the outlet in you're not putting an outlet in. you're just putting the plug on the dryer which I pay you to do so just put the fucking plug on there so when I finally hang the box I can just plug it in oh uh, yeah no and and you didn't put your venting up yet 
I know it's in the other window. I'm going to put it out and move it over here. I'm just moving everything over here. So you can do all the stuff, and then I can hook it up after. That's, nope, we can't do it, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so this is where my issue comes. Today, uh, I'm home today with Cam. Cam's my little helper. I'm running electrical. I'm moving vents. I'm doing the whole nine. All right, I get to the back of the dryer. I hook up the red wire, the white wire, the green wire, the green ground. I get to the black wire on the back of the dryer. And this might not be Home Depot's fault. could be Samsung's fault. But the nut to the nutting plate, the nutting plate isn't on square. So when I go to screw it in, it just completely cross threads and snaps. That's fucking it. Dead in the water. So now I'm calling Home Depot for, like, where do I go from here, blah, blah, blah. I talked to no bullshit 12 different people they pushed me around to. And then finally I talked to a saint, Saint Gabriel. That's what I'm going to call him. And he was able to order me the parts, and they're going to come ship to my house. But I was fucking amazed that every other person that I had talked to along the way either passed the buck or, oh, I don't know, you're going to have to work, do something else here. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? This is your job. Like, this is what you do. I said, and not for nothing, if your fucking delivery guys did what they were supposed to, they would have been the ones who found this. So right then and there, last Saturday, I would have had this issue brought up to you. But since your guys don't want to do the fucking work that they get paid for, it now falls on my lap. Uh, uh, well, it's been 48 hours since you dropped it off. Yeah, no fucking shit. It would have been fucking three minutes in when they found this out. So for the love of God, anybody... If they come to your fucking house to deliver something, make sure they fucking do everything, even if it's not installed. Fuck you, you're doing it. I was, I am completely baffled with their delivery guys, their customer service from A to Z. Like, I'll never fucking buy another thing from there again. I'm going to get my parts that they send me, and I'm going to Lowe's. And then until Lowe's fucks me over, then I'll go to Obashan. Like, that's it. Like, incredible. See, I'm very disappointed because I'm a big HD guy, and you can ask the first lady, since quarantine, not quarantine, but since uh, the work from home and everything else has started, I've had a lot of free time to kind of renovate and spruce up our apartment, and I think I've made, no joke, 30-plus visits to Home Depot to go pick up shit, and I just love walking around that place, so I'm very disappointed that they did you wrong, my friends. we used to be cool and then this you know it drove me the wrong way today i was going crazy texting you earlier like yes we can record later but i'm going fucking nuts right now yep yeah that's the thing man a lot of these guys and i experienced this when i was out in san francisco a lot of these guys all they want to do is the bare minimum of getting it off the truck getting it to where it needs to be to get set up and then getting back into the truck and going home. That's basically it. They have no semblance of, oh, well, I'll help this guy out because they'll make their life easier and it's good kind of like PR and customer service for the company I work for. It's just, now nah, I got to get home. Oh, that's it. it's just like, just for warranty shit. Like if they call and they say, hey, we just dropped this thing off. There's an issue with this mounting plate. 
that thing would have been one of two things. That dryer would have been back on the fucking truck, and I already would have had another one delivered and installed. Or they would have claimed it, bang, 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 I would have had the part. But now because it's me calling, oh, well, it needed to be reported at this time. God forgive me. I can't. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe I can give them a call. I'll give uh, old Artie Blank a call and see if he can help every, everybody out here. He's still on the sidelines at the Super Bowl in shock. <laughs> <laughs> 28 to 3, my man. <laughs> um, shout out for me. Very low key. First lady, as always. She's killing it. Uh, doing like. 20 different things at the same time and getting everything done. Uh, very inspiring for someone like me who has does my job, does this podcast, likes to read some books, and then I'm tired by 10 o'clock. So very inspiring there. Um, and just happy that I'll be up in Boston again, uh, not this coming weekend, the weekend after. So that's going to be twice in, what is that, a month? Twice in a after, month, yeah. Twice in a month after not seeing or being a person to do this podcast since the inception of it. So uh, I'll be there the weekend that the Rangers have game, uh, game one against Carolina. So maybe you can watch that game at 12 and then do a post game review slash podcast. And hopefully you'll be happy, Ben, because you're not going to, you're not going to really enjoy uh, down one Oh one in a series, Ben. Oh, that that's when it all comes out. <laughs> and I know this episode was a heavy on administrative stuff, but if you want to listen to it in pieces, I'm telling you, if you listen to this episode, you're not going to be surprised by anything you hear in the news when it comes to the hub cities, uh, testing protocols, hub protocols, and also what the CBA that your favorite team is going to be fucking operating under for the next six years. So there you go. There you go. Suck on that. Well, everybody, always great to see you guys. Uh, I know we've been spaced out, but I think we're going to be uh, coming together a lot sooner lately. Uh, Benny coming down. Very excited. Hopefully we have another live podcast then because that would be opening day of this NHL qualifying round. It's so hard not to say playoffs. But, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that going forward there are going to be no setbacks. We're going to be playing some cold, hard puck. And I can't say that we're going to be filling arenas, but... We're going to be filling up people's living rooms. Wear your masks. Um, sit there six feet apart. Enjoy it. And let everybody else do the checking for you. We'll catch you guys next Get up! Get up.